Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here as we bring you this episode of Talking in Circles. we got a great show. Of course, we're going to discuss the clash. It moves. The Daytona clash for the first time in, in, 30, in its 30-something-odd year history will be on a road course next season in 2021. We'll also talk about the condensed schedule of Speed Weeks. What does that mean for Speed Weeks itself? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We'll give you the pros and cons of that as well. Also, Tony Stewart coming back into NASCAR. He's going to run the NASCAR Xfinity Series race from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They're going to run a road course at Indianapolis. Tony Stewart's going to be driving uh, his own car there at Indianapolis for the road course. We'll discuss that. How will he do? He's been away from the sport almost for four years now. How is he going to do? Also, uh, we'll preview this weekend's races at Phoenix, uh, NASCAR Xfinity, and, of course, the NASCAR Cup Series events from Phoenix International Raceway. 917-889-8280, that's the number to call. First, guys, want to get to, to discuss the Daytona Clash. The big news, before we talk about the condensed speed week, I want to really focus on the road course event. That's really the, the big thing to me here, Philip. We'll start with you. Uh, road course racing at Daytona International Speedway. What are your thoughts on moving the clash from its traditional two-and-a-half-mile Daytona International Speedway to Daytona International Road Course uh, that they run at, of, of course, a 24-hour event? That's, the, that's really what Daytona, the road course, is known for. We also saw an IROC race run there uh, at Daytona Speed Weeks here not too long ago. They ran the, the, the IROC race there a few times. Really haven't really seen it um, utilized much other than that, but here it is, the Clash, now could be running at the Daytona Road Course. What are your thoughts, Philip? Well, NASCAR's yeah. news today here uh, announced. I mean, it was interesting to hear. I mean, I, I think it's nice to see that they finally realized that uh, they probably have to condense. It's something you discussed on the show over a year ago, and uh, it's come to fruition. I don't think that... Uh, moving the clash to a road course was in the plans or in play, but me, I don't mind it. It'll be what supposedly will be the last time they'll be using the Gen 6 car. So if they're going to have a demo derby like they've had in recent years, then they're only going to be wrecking cars that won't be used anyway. So that's fine. Yeah, the IROC ran there in the early days. They ran the Daytona road course and then the most recent examples when Tony Stewart in the last year, the IROC series in 2006 won on the road course at night during the July 4th weekend. It was in conjunction with the Grand Am, then Grand Am series running their uh, Paul Revere 250 race. And then they ran the IROC as well. So I think it's good. And it'll be interesting to see. It kind of puts a different spin on things. You can go and win a poll, but then now you're going to kind of have to be able to perform in a different way. The Daytona road course itself is challenging. The infield is uh, hard-breaking, very tight. And then, of course, you get back on the transition onto the NASCAR oval and having to go and be able to set up a car to be able to work in slow, tight corners, in tight chicanes, like the backstretch chicane, and at the same time having to be able to 
go and perform on the oval too. So that'll be an interesting balance to see what these teams can do. The Daytona road course, I would say, is more like Watkins Glen than it is compared to a Sonoma or the Oval. Uh, might be closer to what Indianapolis is with the Xfinity too. So I think it's cool. I mean, considering what the clash was a few weeks ago and how ridiculous it was, it's it's worth it. It's worth a shot to see yeah. uh, something different. Yeah, it really is. Listen, I I, I think um, you bring up a fair a lot of good points, and and one of them was the fact Clash has sort of, to me at least, lost its luster here the last few years. It's become a wreck fest. It's become almost a demolition derby. Uh, you know, last man standing, Eric Jones wins that race with, you know, a car that looked like it went went through Bristol and Martinsville, not a race at Daytona, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I, I agree with that. Um, it is certainly going to be interesting to see how these guys can run this road course. I think, it, you know, it almost adds a little, another element to where maybe we can focus on just road course racing in NASCAR where, you know, not exactly invite, you know, and I'm all for if you want to invite former, former uh, Bush Clash winners to this event, go ahead. But I'm also saying instead of maybe Clash winners or instead of maybe the uh, playoff drivers saying, hey, you know what, we'll, we'll invite all the people who run who have won a road course race over the last year, because we're going to have three, we have three road course races, uh, in on you know right now on the schedule, and probably even more as we get to 2021 when the schedule is announced here in a couple of weeks. Um, but you know, hey, let's add uh, you know those winner from Sonoma, he can come play uh, at the at the Clash at Daytona because it's a road course race. Uh, go, let's go to the winner at Watkins Glen, the winner of the Charlotte Roval. They can all play at the, at the at this road course race. For the clash at Daytona, I think that would sort of add a new element, another element to it, just focusing on road course racing. But Spencer, I, I, I saved you for last because I know you go to this race every single year uh, since you, that's your hometown racetrack. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's certainly going to change the game a lot. You know, I know a lot of people, myself included, I like restrictor plate racing, and I, I'm a guy who doesn't really care, particularly care for road course racing. So it's sort of an odd take on my end. Uh, as far as being okay with this, but what's your take? I mean, you're there every week, you're there every year going to this clash. Are you going to miss the clash being uh, on the traditional um, super speedway event and and going to a road course? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm like you. I don't necessarily think a NASCAR is a road course sport, but I do like the three that we run. Um, I was iffy about the road one. I actually like the road one. Um, I think Watkins Glen, Sonoma, and the Roval are perfect. I just – I don't want to see any more road courses. But my buddy told me – I was talking to him about it. He goes, dude, this is a fun race. You know, this isn't for – you know, this is – you know, it's checkers or records, bring home the trophy. And um, so I can see, you know, it's going to – it's different. It's going to be fun. It's going to mix things up a little bit. Um, as Philip said, that, you know, that track is – you know, it's it's hard racing there on that road course. Um, it's not real narrow. I mean, I've walked on it plenty of times in the infield and it's not a wide track um once you get into the infield um it's an easy track to memorize i mean i can sit here and tell you you know what turns left and right just because i've looked at it so many times i've watched the rolex i've been to the rolex so that part for the drivers is going to be easy if you've never uh driven on that track um you know bush he just did a lot of hours on that track in the rolex 24 so some guys have an advantage you know johnson's done it um there's a few guys that have done that race but 
it like I said, it's kind of like a mini all star race. Um, you know, I don't now that they're changing to a road course, you brought up a good point. I don't know how they're gonna um, you know, let you run in. I guess if you, you know, won the race before on the oval, I guess you're gonna be in it. But uh that's gonna be interesting to see how they, you know, mix that up as you were mentioning just a second ago. So it's fun. I, I actually do like the road course. You know, it's not real long. You know, you got like a boomerang type shape road course in the infield. And then you come back out on the, the super speedway, and then you got the shit cane on the back stretch. So um, it's going to be neat. It's going to be fun to watch. This is the last time they're going to use that cars, as you guys said. So they beat them up there. You know, they have nothing to lose. They're not going to use them again. So um, if it goes good, they might keep it, or this might be a one-time deal, and it's out. I think running it at night is awesome. During the week, uh, people yeah, have to work. It, it's certainly – go ahead. So people have to work. So now that it's at nighttime and during the week, um, they have to kind of run it at night or nobody's going to show up. So it's, uh, they, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's going to be different. There's no question. There's no uh, question about that, you know, but what I kind of like about it and, you know, I've, I, sorry, I don't know if Philip mentioned this or not, but the backup cars, you know, they used to bring their Daytona 500 backup cars to this race for the class. And it almost became like a, you know, it is a non-points event and sort of a, a fan driven event but you know you'd like to not see them bring backup cars maybe a specialized car now for this clash and say hey go out and get it and i think it's gonna be a little bit less of a crash fest so i really like that i think that's a a step in the right direction for this uh but how about the speed weeks in general you know it's certainly going to change speed weeks in general Spencer, we you've been there with me the last 14 years i've gone down there um it's it's gonna be wild to think that you know action for six straight days on the racetrack you know tuesday we have the of course the clash wednesday it's gonna be daytona 500 qualifying thursday is gonna be the duels of course you got friday and then a double header on saturday with the arca race and the xfinity series race and then of course the daytona 500 on sunday um it is gonna be a wild wild packed weekend what what are some of the pros and cons you think you know you live down there you're down there all the time uh are there what are the positives and maybe even some negatives here that you can think of for speed weeks being condensed here into six days? What are your thoughts? Well, first I'll give you um, why I think it's good. Um, think about it this way. You know, you live in Jersey and you have a job up there and you have to get time off. Well, it's hard for people to take, you know, those 10 days off to go to the Bush clash and they kind of 500 qualifying. So now that they've done this, heck, you might be able to come down and watch the Bush Clash in 500 quali- uh, qualifying now. Um, and that's going to bring in more money for them because, you know, people normally take a week off to come to this anyways. They enjoy the speed weeks. you got, you know, the Daytona Flea Market sets up all these vendors, and there's, you know, there's just there's signings with sponsors for these drivers. There's, you know, you got the Midway outside the track open all week to go souvenir shopping. So I think it's going to bring in a lot of people for the Bush clash just because people are allowed to come now. Um, and you know, when it was a week in advance, you know, like I said, it was hard for, you know, you know, you couldn't come to it cause it's hard to get off work. So that I don't really, I don't know. It's just going to be a lot of, it's going to be packed. You know, they can only bring down so many cars and you just kind of touched on that. Um, you know, so they're going to have to bring down us another hauler with some more cars uh, because I don't know if there's time to go back you know, they don't leave. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see that. That's going to be a little. I think it's going to make it a little bit harder on the teams. 
Um, but I'm sure they'll they'll be ready for it. But I think the biggest thing is is more seat, more butts will be in the seat for the clash. And I think that's good for the event. It might help it keep, uh, might help it stay around a little bit longer. Um, who knows? But uh, I think that's the main thing is people being able to go to it. Yeah, and I think you know, for whatever reason, since they really condensed the schedule as far as practices were concerned at Daytona, those three days between the clash and the duels were kind of pointless. You know, it's like, why, why, why are you coming down just for the clash and qualifying? It doesn't make any sense anymore. You know, back in the day, like I said, you know, back in the day, we used to have second round qualifying taking place on Monday, third round qualifying taking place on Tuesday, practices those days, Wednesday they would practice, and then Thursday they had the duels. It was just, you know, basically 12 straight days of nonstop action at Daytona for the cup guys. That's no longer the case. So I felt like when they had these three off days, you know, some of the guys would go home back to Charlotte, work on their cars for the West Coast swing. Now they're not going to have the opportunity to do that, but that's okay because, you know, now that's going to be six straight days. Uh, I, I think something that's going to be interesting is it's going to be six straight days. It's going to be a lot of these drivers and teams as far as, you know, you, you on two, Monday and Tuesday most likely you're going to have practice and then the, the clash, and then Wednesday and Thursday you're going to have – uh, racing on Friday, you're going to practice. Saturday, you're going to have practice. And then, of course, you got the big dance on Sunday. Um, it's going to be a lot of action packed into it. I'm curious how the hospitality is going to change as far as driver's appearances and all that kind of stuff that's very important for Daytona 500 weekend. Um, you know, and they used to have that, you know, Wednesday they could play with. They don't really have that anymore because you're going to be packed for six straight days. Maybe they can figure out a way on the Saturday to get the cup guys and say, you know what, we're going to take the cup guys completely off and not even worry about, um, you know, a practice on Saturday and they can be off, and that's where a lot of their hospitality is going to be done. But how about you, Philip? What were your thoughts when you saw the condensed speed week schedule? I mean, uh, Tuesday to Sunday, it's a lot of racing. I know when I'm going to be down there, I'm going to be like, whew, on Sunday because it's going to be a long, long time, a lot of energy put in there. But what were your thoughts when you read – uh, speed weeks and, and it being condensed down to what we see on Tuesday through Sunday schedule. Well, the first thing I thought was, well, uh, you know, Clayton called this more than a year ago, and I'm like, well, that's yet another example of you being right, and they just decided to wait on it and, uh, you know, not give you full credit. That's the first thing I thought. Now, the second thing I thought was uh, it's something that probably is needed when you consider – the lack of practice and the stupidity of how they schedule these um, races, just even thinking about so far this year, you have two practices on a Friday. You have to bring people Thursday night to do two practices on a Friday. Saturday, you're literally running one lap and you have to do another inspection and that's it. And then you have to go through inspection again on Sunday and then do the race. The reality is you could go, and it's something that they're doing at, uh, for, for um, I think, the Pocono race uh, later on this year. You need to be, they need to be looking at condensing the show. And it kind of goes into one of the moves I think they're doing in 2021 where they're going to condense the schedule. And by running six days in a row, the point is they're going to have a captive audience. Of course, you know, Spencer, yourself probably will be there for the whole thing. In that sense, it's a very good uh, deal for NASCAR for six for a good week. They're going to have people in Daytona going and being patronizing, you know, different restaurants and hotels and other establishments. 
and at the same time you're going and you're you're allowing to go and have all this action going on. I mean, you start with you start with uh, people going uh, the bush clash, uh, then you go with practice, and then you have uh, you know Daytona 500 at the end of it, of course. But even before that, you have the qualifying. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm just, it, it's something that it, it makes it's good, you know. Like I, it's something like when you think about the Super Bowl, it's two weeks, and they still do that because they can blow it up and build it up and do all that. The Daytona 500 in its previous guys, when there was like 80 cars showing up for the race, 60 cars showing up for the race, you needed more than a week. You needed a lot of days of practice. Now they don't want to have any practice. They don't do preseason testing. They don't do any. Most of these things that they used to do that made it easy is gone. It's the same way as the Indianapolis 500 isn't the month of May anymore. It's literally two weeks in May. And they run a road race uh, also in the month of May. They still keep it. The repackaging of something that was probably necessary, it's a good move forward. I think it also kind of helps when it comes to the teams and the over-the-road or the on-the-road crew, knowing that, okay, we're going to make a commitment that we'll, we'll be out there for a week, and then I'm sure they're probably going to do some adjusting accordingly instead of having to send them out basically for a month, and then, you know, they'll come back home. We'll probably see that uh, in the next schedule. But I, I, I really see this as a positive, um, it's uh, more logical than a lot of things they seem to be doing. So credit to them for doing something right. Yeah, the only thing I can say about this is is really the only event aside from the Saturday Xfinity Series race that's going to be in the daytime is the cup race, the Daytona 500 on Sunday, and that's a 3 o'clock event. Uh, maybe they push it to prime time and have everything prime time because when you think about it, Clash is now going tonight. Daytona 500 qualifying, I mean, they might be able to do it Wednesday afternoon. I mean, you got to remember what you said, the clash uh, on Thursday afternoons all those years. Um, but I think they're going to put them in prime time, put Daytona 500 qualifying in prime time on a Wednesday night. Um, they haven't officially announced that yet, but I think that's what they're going to do. And then, of course, you got the duels on Thursday night, Chuck's Friday night, and then the Bush, the Xfinity Series race, I should say, and the ARCA race on Saturday, and then the Cup race on Sunday. So, to me, it, it sort of changes the game as far as, um, you know, just visual. You know, when you think about Daytona 500 qualifying, I've always thought about Daytona 500 qualifying that Sunday. You know, you get all jacked up. But, you know, here it is. You know, it's going to be at night. So it's certainly going to be different. It's certainly something that um, I think was worth a shot. I, I'm, not, I'm surprised they didn't do this earlier, to be honest with you. I just thought, you know, when it got the three days in between action and really almost four when you consider the duels were at night instead of the daytime, you know, you wait, you wait basically four days from Monday morning to Thursday night to, to watch racing again. Uh, it's, it's tough, you know? And so um, it, it just seemed like a lot of downtime and this is takes that away. Teams are going to be busting their humps. There's no question about it. I like that. I like the fact that we are going to see uh, action every day. I like the fact that, um, you know, it just sort of makes Speed Weeks – maybe this is a new generation of Speed Weeks, a new uh, tradition of Speed Weeks, and that's, I think that's a great thing. So um, certainly going to be something to keep an eye on as, as next year goes on and we get ready for the 20, 
2021 season and, and what the schedule is going to look like. I've heard a lot of different rumors. I don't even want to get into them because there's so many different rumors out there. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens, though, as this, as this uh, schedule gets closer and closer. Um, I heard maybe in May they're going to announce it. I think that's about when they're going to announce it. So we still got a couple of months until it's all set in stone and we really figure out what's going on. But I think the Speed Weeks is just the beginning of everything changing here in 2021. 917-889-8280, that's the number to call here tonight on Talking Circles. Uh, another crazy news story today that came out was kind of surprised me, Philip. I didn't know what your take on it was, but Tony Stewart driving a road course race in Indianapolis. Of course, it's his hometown racetrack. He loves that place. Ran the Indianapolis 500 all those years. Ran, of course, a Brickyard 400, won that race a bunch of times. Uh, he's from Rushville, Indiana, which is close to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What were your thoughts when you saw that smoke was coming out of retirement and going to run the road course race at Indianapolis for the Xfinity Series? And how do you think he's going to do, Philip? I mean, he's been out of here since 2016 out of NASCAR. I know he's been driving. He's got more skill than half the drivers out there, probably three-quarters of them. Um, what do you think? Do you think he's going to be able to hold himself accountable out there? And uh, what do you think of the announcement when you saw it today? Well, I mean, putting everything aside is, personal bias aside, I mean, it's a, it's just cool to see it. Uh, you know, I think it gives juice to an event that has struggled anywhere because most everybody uh, that actually cares about NASCAR and the Xfinity series would rather they be at IRP. But now you're repackaging, you know, Roger Penske's repackaging this. They're going to road race one day and then, and then Tony, was hinting at this last year and talking about coming back to run a road race. I think he said in the download, he said a few places where he's like, if I'm going to come back and let me drive a stock car again, probably be on the road course. Then he said that over the year last year, and then he drove a demo, uh, what do you call it? Demo lap in a cup car uh, with uh, the formula one hospital. F1 drivers as his passengers, and then they drove the car. And uh, he had a lot of fun driving around the circuit of the Americas. And then that probably got the juices going again. And then once Indianapolis came along and said they're going to do this road course, and it's July the fourth weekend, and all these things, it probably worked out that they have the equipment left over. They had a two, they had two full-time Xfinity teams last year. Now they're down to one. Uh, Chase Briscoe, of course, is an Indiana boy himself. Uh, Tony is his hero, so it all is just there's all this there's so many good things going on. I think he'll be fine. I know Bill Elliott came back a few years ago or a couple of years ago and drove a race with BMS, and it wasn't he it wasn't that great. But the fact that there's a difference because he hasn't been as far away from a car, uh, hasn't been as long. And uh, number one, and I think number two, Tony wouldn't show up just to make up the numbers. And when you consider that the road races in Xfinity are usually pretty interesting and could lead to being rec fest, you know, if Tony just kind of, you know, does his thing to be able to get a top five or a top ten finish, I don't think he's there to go to get a top five or top ten finish doesn't to win. And uh, I don't see anything. I think it's great. It's awesome. Uh, you know, first time he's been in a a stock car, uh, you know, since his retirement at the end of 16. And uh, it's a good PR if he needs it. 
and um, you know, and I think he'll be fine. You know, the Stuart Haas cars these last few years have been pretty solid in the Xfinity series. So I don't. I think Tony and and Chase are going to be able to be in a potent combination relative to a lot of the other regulars that are in the series and have a good chance to possibly get a one-two finish there uh, come July. Yeah, he's still under the age of 50, so that uh, I think bodes well for him too. You know, people forget, you know, just how um, he's still he's still a young guy, you know, and, and we've seen drivers in this sport, Harry Gant, Bobby Allison, uh, winning their age of 50, so it's not it's totally unheard of to him, for him to go out and have a great run. But Spencer, he's been away a long time. I mean, this is uh, something, you know, Philip mentioned Bill Elliott doing it a couple of years ago. Bill was away uh, about seven, six, seven years. Tony's been only away about three to four now um, by the time he runs it. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on this? I mean, this is sort of a kind of a, a crazy, you know, announcement. He's he's a three-time cup champion coming down and doing one sort of a one-off race here in the uh, road course race at Indianapolis. Um, how do you think he's going to do? And what were your thoughts when you heard that Tony Stewart was going to be able to do, do this and, and run the road course race at Indianapolis? Yeah, I think he was pretty cool. Uh, when I read the news, I wasn't jumping up and down like and screaming and yelling, but uh, no, it's 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 pretty neat. I mean, you see a lot of these drivers. I mean, you see Dale Jr. do it once a year, and um, he owns his own team, so I mean, he can. I mean, he can, it's a sponsor would hop on him like you know flies on crap. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's you know he has the car. All he needs to do is throw a sponsor on it, and I, he could do it even without a sponsor. So it's real easy for this deal to come about. Um, but it's cool. Um, you know, but you, no matter what kind of athlete are you are, when you're out of it for a while, it's not like you forget how to do it, but you're a little rusty and, you know, it's going to take a little time to get your feet, you know, to get back in your rhythm and, and, uh, you can't just be out of something for, you know, four years, hard to believe it's been four years, holy cow, but, um, and just go out there and dominate. I mean, you're going against guys that, you know, are doing it you know, 36 weeks out of the year, and when they're not, they're in a simulator. So, I mean, these guys, these young kids are NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. It's full-on racing. Um, so, it's going to, I mean, Cendric's a hell of a race, road racer. You got him out there, and you got a lot of good guys and good equipment. And, um, and I'm not saying he's not going to go out there and, you know, give, you know, he's going to give a run for the money, that's for sure. But I wouldn't say him going out there and winning, uh, you know, right outside the top five is probably realistic. Um, I would say, but it's cool for him to go to his home track. Um, it's definitely going to put a lot of, uh, a lot of butts in the seats. I would say, um, a lot of Indiana people, big Tony Stewart fans will be there. And, you know, I like a lot of the stuff and it's, you know, it's like the bounty that's going on. It's going to put butts in the seats because it's, it's interesting. It doesn't happen all the time. So, um, I thought it was cool. It's good for him. Um, you know, a lot of people like him in the sport. He's good for the sport. Does a lot for it. So, um, pretty neat. I'd like to see him do well. So, why not? Glad he's back. Yeah, listen, it's it just uh, – it's surprising to me. There's no question. I thought Tony – and I'm not trying to uh, be Mr. Negative here, but I thought Tony mentally uh, has been checked out of NASCAR for quite a while. You know, and had not, you know, and I know he owns a team and, and stuff like that, but I felt like he was more into the dirt. And that's fine. You know, when you're retired, you could totally uh, do whatever you want to do. And – um you know, I'm not going to – I wouldn't blame him either way. So, 
I'm just kind of surprised that he would he would come back to NASCAR because again he just seemed like he was so sort of checked out of NASCAR for a while and uh, it really with the, with everything that's been changing in the sport it kind of goes away from Tony Stewart what he likes which is the dirt track and and you know not as much technology and sort of you know beating and banging racing but uh, he uh, he's coming back and it's gonna be excellent to see um, I'm not sure how he's gonna perform um, you know. He's been driving, which is good. You know, even Bill Elliott, uh, when Bill came back, you know, Bill wasn't really doing much even short track racing or outside of NASCAR. You know, he hadn't been in a car, period, in five years or six years. Um, you know, Stewart has. So he's done a lot of good racing. I'm sure he's going he's, he's, um, to be doing a lot of racing up to this point. Now, whether that would help him with the road course racing, that's one thing. But, listen, he's not going to be uh, go out and embarrass himself. There's no question about that. I don't think he would uh, even – come close to doing that so uh he, he's gonna do he's gonna do fine he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch and um i'm curious to see how he performs real quick guys want to preview uh phoenix here in a couple of minutes but i want to get your take quick i know uh auto club speedway the racing at auto club speedway was a couple of days away now it's been a little while we have to go full bore into a review because i'm sure people are at nauseum about the race but uh get phillips take first and then spencer's what was your take on, on Alex Bowman's win? I mean, that was a surprise victory, a driver who uh, – a second career win, a guy a lot of people didn't really expect to come out this year and perform. He's run really well this year so far in the first three races. And to get a victory and really establish himself back in the playoffs, that was a huge win for Alex Bowman on Sunday. Yeah, he set himself up all, I mean, on Friday as a favorite to uh, take down this victory, and then he showed it on Sunday, leading the most laps, and uh, it, it's something to see when we were talking about silly season before the, in January, and the possibility of Alex Bowman not having a ride uh, in 2021, and now three races into the season, going out there and leading more than half the race, and really putting a whooping on the field at the uh, auto club. It's a good deal for him, a good deal for Greg Eyes and that whole team for Hendrick Motorsports, who has been on the back foot for a while, for Chevrolet, which has been behind for two, three years, whatever. It's a lot of positives coming out of there and for, I mean, for Clyde as well, for what he's been doing early in the season, even without the finishes until uh, Sunday. But credit to Bowman, credit to that team. I mean, he had a good run at Chicago when he won last year. Of course, that was a nice little battle. He had a battle with Brad at Kansas earlier last year and probably could have won that race. This time he really closed the deal, and it was really no doubt. So interesting to see what's going to come with the sponsorship, what's going to happen in terms of who's going to replace Johnson, some of the rebadging they may end up doing, hopefully. Uh, to get back to their original identity, of course, for Alex Bowman, uh, it was a big deal for him, and also for Harrison Burton to get his first Xfinity win, even though they spent like eighteen million. Yeah, no doubt. I think Bowman's win was huge. Burton did a great job on Saturday as well. Um, shift our gears back to the Cup Series, quick, Spencer. You know, one of the couple of things I've noticed here, quick. One is the Toyotas. Now, obviously, they kind of rebounded and had a pretty good day finishing-wise. Kyle Busch was runner-up, did a fine job there. Hamlin sixth. Uh, Eric Jones finished in the top ten as well. 
Truex had some issues. And, of course, but, uh, Bell just seems to have the worst luck right now in the first three races. But I think speed-wise, at least here on this um, mile-and-a-half package, Toyota's been a little bit behind. And, and they usually go out and perform pretty well at California because that's considered, quote-unquote, their hometown racetrack, even though it's not. But uh, a lot of people think it is. Um, so they usually go out and perform pretty well there. Uh, they they didn't have a lot of speed this week. I think that's alarming. Also, um, I want to know your take on the Ross Chastain effort so far in the first two races of filling in for Ryan Newman. Uh, and anything else that's really stuck out to you over the first three races here in the Cup Series, what are your thoughts on what we saw at Fontana? Yeah, I actually personally thought Fontana was a great race. Um, I thought the restarts were really good. Um, a lot of excitement. Um, yeah, the leader was able to pull away a lot, but I mean, that 12 car and that 88 car, when they were out front, they were dominant. I mean, they were fast. Um, I'll touch, I want to touch on something real, real quick. You got these team Penske is coming out very strong. Um, you got to think Logano already has a win. We could easily be sitting here right now talking about Ryan Blaney winning the first three races. Uh, lost by a fender at the 500. Uh, caution screwed him up at Vegas, whether or not. I mean, but we could be saying that about Bowman, too, winning uh, Vegas and this uh, Fontana race. But um, I think Todd Gordon and Blaney are hitting it very strong, and I, I would have to expect a couple wins from them. I mean, then for the, and then for the Ross thing real quick, um, I think it's great. Uh, for him, I guess it's more exposure with a bigger team. Um, potential sponsors. Um, you know, going with him to wherever he goes. I still don't think he's going to be in a Ford next year, um, but I think he's given it a good effort. You know, he was, you know, in top five in consecutive practices a few times, um, and he's running reasonable. You know, he's running about 13th, 14th, and then, you know, he spun at Vegas and then had his incident, and, you know, today and or in Fontana and finished 17th. So not too terrible. I mean, no offense, it's right around where Newman finishes anyways too. So um, for the equipment that they're in, they're, he's doing a good job. And, um, and then for, and I think Chevy's going to have a big year. Uh, Chevy's coming on really strong. Um, you know, they, I think we talked about it. They only had about seven or eight wins last year. And, um, so, and now they have one. So already the third race in the year. So I think, uh, Chevy is going to really step it up this year, whether it's the new Camaro or they just finally have speed. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited for this year to unfold. Um, and them Toyotas could run in the back for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I think this weekend at Phoenix is going to be very interesting because it's a completely different package. And for the teams that have struggled on these mile-and-a-half tracks, they can certainly sort of rebound this weekend. Uh, but before we go there, I just want to kind of – I let you talk, I let Spencer talk about Ross Chastain a little bit. I want to get on Kozlowski. Uh, you listen – I'm sure you listen or at least uh, pay very, very close attention to that two-car. What are your thoughts so far? And, and I know it's early, and, and I stress that because there's so many people on social media go out and say, oh, you know, Ricky Street is having a great year. Calm down. He's got, it's been two races, three races. Um, but, you know, are you concerned at all about Brad? I mean, Spencer brought up great points. Logano's look good. He, he struggled at, at, at Fontana, no question about it, Logano did. But Blaney's been unbelievable this year. And, you know, like you said, lost by a fender at Daytona, uh, a, a restart, a bad caution at the end screwed him at at Las Vegas, and then a bad tire there cost him a top a top two finish uh, at Fontana with two to go. Um, so he's been really up front. Look, John, uh, Logano's got a win. 
even uh, De Benedetto's run really, really good. Brad's been there, but he hasn't really led a lot of laps, and he hasn't had the speed of his teammates. Are you concerned at all about that two car and where they stand right now in 2020? I was concerned in probably when they made the announcement anyway. Uh, you know, other things we've discussed on here about the possibility of where he may be going also plays a role. I I don't know where Brad is at. Um, you know, I kind of think about how Daytona started. Wreck coming out of the garage area and took the whole right side off of his car and how that affected, you know, things. And I see how Ryan Blaney, every race he's had speed and probably, like Senator said, could have won every race. Logano has had speed and has been up there and has been a factor, which I had no doubt about. Why you put him to Paul Wolf? Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I don't. I, I think it's too early to really make a, a true assessment. That's the same way I felt about Toyota. They didn't have any speed qualifying, but then they were all coming up there. Martin Truex like eight thousand time field inspection, and he came up to the front. And then Kyle Busch, somehow or another, by the end of it, almost got me on. The same way as Ryan Blaney almost got me on at the, the end. And, then, of course, Badger did what they usually do. But I think for Brad, it's too early to tell. I don't want to go and be, hit the siren and say that, you know, there's a big issue. I mean, right now he's being outrun by all three of his teammates, if you count Di Benedetto as well. And Di Benedetto, that's one thing to uh, you got to give credit. Uh, the way he's been running in that 21 car is something to see if they can sustain this uh, as the season goes on. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the two car. I don't know what the real East of Las Vegas as he has been before. California scratched out of top 10. He's won there before. And then, you know, Phoenix is not one of his better race guys. So maybe if he does well, Phoenix, maybe it kind of lets things out. But uh, it is all to be determined. I can't really make a determination right now. I don't want to. Probably before the Easter break, we'll have an idea of where these teams are really going to be. Yeah. How about this new package? I mean, this is – we'll preview Phoenix here. New package for the Cup Series. Obviously, Xfinity Series doesn't really have what we have at Cup as far as the packages are concerned. But, uh, you know, they've taken a lot of, uh, off the spoiler. It's, a, it's a, I think, a much more racier package on these short tracks. I think a much more driver-driven package and much more handling package where you really got your car to handle well. It's completely different than what we saw last year, and I think it's going to make for better racing on these short tracks. So I'm excited. Uh, and, again, I think for these teams that have come out of the box a little bit sluggish, where we haven't really seen uh, a lot of speed out of them, you know, particularly a guy like Christopher Bell, who's just come out and just been had the worst luck and really has been, in his first three races, his best finish is 21st in the Daytona 500. Doesn't have any stage points. Uh, he's just, it's just been a disaster for him in the 95 so far. But if he can go out and run in the top 15 solidly, put together a decent points day at Phoenix, that's a step in the right direction. So um, I think that is something to look at with these guys who have been a little bit behind on these mile and a half tracks to sort of get themselves a little bit um, forward in the point standings. Want to get your prediction, guys, here quick before we go. Uh, Xfinity Cup Series events, of course, uh, at Phoenix this weekend. 
the Xfinity Series is the LS Tractor 200 from Phoenix Raceway. Um, you know, Kyle Busch is in this event, if you're not aware, number 54. He's driving a Twix car. It's a nice-looking car, actually. He's in it. Brad Keselowski's in it as well, driving the Xpel Ford for uh, Team Penske in a 12 car. Um, Daniel Hemrick, of course. You've got Justin Allgaier. Uh, you got um, last week's winner, Harrison Burton. Riley Herbst in it. Of course, I think we've seen a great year so far, even though he had some trouble at California, but a great year so far for Chase Briscoe. Um, Spencer, I'll get your t- take on it first, then we'll go to Philip. Who do you think is going to win uh, this weekend in the Xfinity Series race at Phoenix? Uh, I want to. I would say look out for uh, the seven aisle guy and this, uh, the ninety eight of Briscoe. I think Briscoe is going to have a big year. Uh, you know, he's been in this series for a couple years now, and he has his feet wet, and uh, he really has figured out that Xfinity car, and I think he's going to have a huge year. Uh, I think it's going to be between, you know, you I you know we would usually say Ross would have a shot, but you know that car really hasn't impressed me this year. Um, had a little bit of bad luck, so I'd have to say the seven and the ninety-eight are forced to be working with. You know, it's funny because you mentioned Ross having some trouble this year, and I've shot. I'm shocked by it. I really am. But I'll tell you this: what's curious to me, and, and we won't know until we, you know, unless Ross admits it or, or somebody else tells us in the driver's seat. But you know, I was listening to a podcast this week from last year, and Dale Jr. was talking about how different the Cup cars run than the Xfinity Series cars, and he said, I would never run them in the same week. And he goes, it would just totally mess me up. It would totally mess up, up the drivers. And Jimmy Johnson was saying, well, that's why I never did the Xfinity Series when I raced, you know, when in my prime, I never did the Xfinity Series because I always felt it would mess me up anyway. So I'm curious to see if that's having some issues with Ross Chastain here. It's just, he says it's you know, difficult. a lot of the issues, I'm sure it is, it, it, because it just drives so hard. differently. Maybe this week in the Phoenix, we'll see a little bit of a difference because the cars won't drive as differently because the package is a little bit different uh, than what we saw. But I'm sure it is very difficult to do that, and I wonder if it's hurting them a little bit in the Xfinity Series. So maybe this week in at Phoenix, where usually track time is, is one thing we look at it and say, you can never have too much track time. Uh, maybe this week in at Phoenix plays right into that role, and Ross has a really good weekend in the Xfinity Series because he's really struggled here, no question. He's had some bad luck, there's no doubt about that, but you know, uh, he's certainly, I think, you know, capable of, of running a little bit better than he has so far through the first three races. How about you, Philip? Xfinity Series winner. Um, Kyle Busch is in it. You think anybody's got anything for him? No. Uh, it's going to be Kyle Busch. And, uh, <laughs> and as long as Kyle Busch is running in any Xfinity or truck race, I can get a pickup. So it's, it's fine. Even though he screwed me out of money last week uh, when I gambled on him for the couple. I'll just take Kyle Busch, and we'll just uh, listen. I agree with him. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I think he's he. You know, unless Ross pulls off something good, and I think Brace, Briscoe will have something for him. There's no question. But I think Kyle is going to put a thumping on everybody on Saturday uh, for the Xfinity Series race. So certainly, um, hopefully not. You know, I know a lot of people don't want to see that because you know, he does it when he goes down there. He only does it now five times a year. But when he goes down there, he usually beats everybody up and, you know, it'd be kind of nice to see somebody go out there and, and actually challenge him. But uh, I think it's going to be a Cobb Bush show on Saturday. How about Sunday? Of course, it's the Fan Shield 500 from Phoenix. Philip, who's your, who do you think has a chance to win this race and who do you think is going to run good? 
Yeah, Sunday is a little bit more difficult because, of course, they have yet another rules package change and uh, you know, different arrows, so different downforce levels. You never know. Um, safe, safe pick is Kevin Harvick ever since they destroyed the track um, and they made this format right here. The Harvick has been really, really good there. He used to be good even on the original uh, configuration, but uh, I think Kevin Harvick's been kind of knocking on the door of a win here a couple of times so far this year. He'll finally, you know, get there and uh, start off his uh, first win of the year at the end. Yeah, I think uh, Harvick's certainly always the favorite here when he goes to Phoenix. You mentioned how good he is when, you know, you come down here and uh, and watch him perform at Phoenix. I think it's been a little bit subsided since he's gotten a Ford. For whatever reason, they seem to really have a, a good handle on it when he was in a Chevrolet and had Hendrick stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's gotten a little bit different when he's gone to Ford. But, yes, certainly Harvick's a guy um, who who is the favorite, I think, going into this race. And, and you brought up a good point. This rule package – you know, there's just so much question marks. We have no idea what's going to happen because we don't know who's strong. We don't know, um, you know, who sort of did their homework with this rule package, who hasn't. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, how about you, Spencer? Um, Solop thinks it's going to be Kevin Harvick. you disagree with him? And who do you think has got a chance to win here at Phoenix this weekend? I would pick him if he was still in a Chevy. You nailed it. But uh, I'm going to have to go with the nine and Chase Elliott just because Chevys are strong. You know, he tends to run really well at this racetrack. So, um, came within, you know, just a few laps of winning in 2017 and going to the Final Four. So, I think this is a, a track that he could add his seventh win to. So, Chase Elliott's the guy. Good pick. Uh, but I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin, our Daytona 500 champion. Uh, you know, he hasn't really shown up here the last couple of weeks. And, again, I just think it's because Toyota hasn't had a ton of speed. But, uh, I think Phoenix is a track that plays right into his strengths. Remember how good he was last year uh, towards the end of the year, and we kept saying Denny Hamlin's, you know, um, got everything figured out, you know, and, and saying he was doing the best driving his career uh, last year. Uh, I think this package is going to be, again, more tor- tailored toward the drivers and the teams that can really adjust. I think Hamlin and his crew chief are going to be the guys that are going to be on top of things here. I think he's going to be the guy to go to victory lane on Sunday. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and talking in circles tonight. It was great to get back in the fold. I know we haven't done this in quite a while. We've had some technical difficulties. I've had some family troubles here. So hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks we can get these guys get down routine here and uh, start giving you some great content again here on Talking in Circles. I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.